This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Avital Schreiber, who I found when I was, I must have been, I don't know, a month into my parenting journey. I was Googling things like, does my baby love me? <laughs> like, what is attachment theory? And how do I, how do I speak respectfully to a newborn? Like I had the idea of like raising a child in a different way. And I didn't know what that really meant on a practical level until I found Avital's YouTube channel. It's called The Parenting Junkie. And it's video after video of a new way of seeing children and interacting with children. I mean, it was new for me. I'll say, I see Avital <laughs> nodding. Um, Avital is also the founder of Present Play, a community that I'm a proud member of. Um, it's full of parents from around the world creating family bliss. Her motto is to love parenting and to parent from love. You can check her out on her podcast as well, uh, The Parenting Junkie Show. There's more, but I want to launch right in and perhaps you know give you the mic and let us know, how did you come to this performance coach for parents uh, journey? Like, how did you even know that that was a thing or was it a thing? Uh, Daniela, hi, first of all, thank you, just thank you so much. What a warm introduction. Um, I, it gave me all the feels um, and it's so wonderful to see your beautiful face and be with you almost in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I come to it? You know, it was very much born of necessity, uh, almost desperation, you might say, mm-hmm. um, because I was in this really kind of paradoxical place where in my mind I had decided that I did not want to miss out on the human experience of being a parent. But in my heart, I was very, you know, I was harboring a lot of fear, a lot of old childhood pain, a lot of concern about how I would perform in this role. And, you know, what the stakes are very, very high in parenting. It's a whole other <laughs> human's life, you know, not to mention your own life. Um, And so uh, I just thought, okay, I'm going to kind of attack this like a project, right? Like Mm -hmm. a project, I'm going to educate myself. And I started reading Chaim Ginot and uh, Janet Lansbury and Dr. Shafali Tabari and Dr. Laura Markham and Simplicity Parenting, all these different books. And one kind of led to the other, led to the other. Um, And that's why I called my channel The Parenting Junkie, because I was just a junkie for this learning um, Mm -hmm. that was really inspiring and 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 exciting and reframed up this whole adventure of parenting in a way that was a lot more um, aligned with kind of who I wanted to be um, and what I wanted my life to be like Um, and I had no idea at the time that I could make a career out of that or that I could become a coach I was just really very enthusiastic and annoying to anyone who wanted to hang out with me because I was like have you read this book have you heard of this concept you know what baby led weaning is (laughs) so I was like okay rather than you know repel all of my friends I'll just share my stuff on YouTube and people who are actually interested in it will will find it there well like this is information that every parent or many parents would want um but not everyone's going to wade through these books and find them as, 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 you know, geeking out on them as I am. And I, and that's exactly what it was. So it wasn't my own ideas at the time. It was really me just summarizing things and, and giving my own spin, like what I agreed with, what I disagreed with. And I think I'd be remiss not to mention that what I did find and I continue to find is a discrepancy between the ideal or the utopian ideas that I read in the books uh, and what I am able to implement in practice. And I, I did want to create a space that kind of allows for both of those things to be true at once that yes we want to show up incredibly well as parents but also no we're not always going to be able to do that and maybe sometimes it's going to be our deepest source of shame and vulnerability Mm. that we can't Mm. or we don't and I I, that was a voice I wasn't quite hearing uh in the space the reality of it and I'm a big lover of reality I (laughs) talk about reality and so yeah so that was kind of I guess my my angle that I wanted to bring to it. (laughs) 
I, I really appreciate that because as you said, like we come to parenting with our own traumas, big and small, you know, whatever. Some are big and dramatic and some are absolutely not, but we come to parenting with our own shit, really. And if we don't acknowledge that and we're just reading these books and just being perfectionistic, I think we can actually do, you know, it, it could it could be a much more uncomfortable situation and experience than it needs to be. So your voice has been so helpful. And I think that also, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that while we're parenting and you happen to be parenting five children, bless them all. I just didn't want to miss that point. Um, so cute. And I kind of, am like, should I be doing that? Cause that looks like fun. Um, personal, personal choice. Um, um, yeah, you're, it seems like you're reparenting yourself actually in the process. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Without a doubt. As my 10 year old will often remind me. <laughs> he reminds you like out loud. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They'll be like, you have work to do in this area, <gasps> you know, um, for sure. Yeah. My therapist says that like, when we have, um, you know, children who like talk back like that and talk back, quote unquote, mm -hmm. they're intact, you know, like this is what we want from children for them to be able to say like, oh no, that's your stuff. And I'm not taking that on. That's on you. Um, so as you know, this podcast is actually for the uninitiated, right? So the, 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 the guys and gals who might be interested in parenting, um, but as you said, are, are on the fence as we should be. It's a, it's a big responsibility. Definitely. So there are some questions. There are some questions I got over here for you. So your mother of five, how do you manage uh, time for yourself? Are you strictly living and dying by iCal or do you intuitively wing it? Mm. Let us know. Uh, yeah, no, I'm more of a planner in general. <laughs> Um, what I like is I like to have a plan and then I'm okay breaking the plan, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I like to have the rules and the clarity on what our plan is. I do find that uh, proactive parenting works much better than reactive parenting for me, at least. Yeah. So to, you know, and not in, in every area of your life and not all the time. And you've got to be flexible. 100%. You've got to roll with the punches. Um, but uh yeah, iCal is definitely a big part of my life. I came to parenting really wanting to do it right, which is like, oh my God, setting myself up for failure just like from the start. Because like, what is right? Like, this is not, this is, you can't like ace this thing. Not a test. Uh, and one of the things I've learned from you is that actually, what if um, doing a good job is just having a good time doing it. I'd love to hear more about that concept that like, um, I mean, there are definitely no-nos, right? There are no-nos, but in general, what do you mean by, you know, loving parenting and parenting from love is, is the goal actually? What does that yep. mean to you? So I think there are several concepts intertwined here. So I'll try and tease it apart. Um, one of the things you just said was that, you know, have a good time doing it. And I think that that doesn't mean have a good time like we have a good time when we're, you know, binging on potato chips and watching Netflix after Netflix. That might feel good on a superficial level or, or we might get the dopamine hit there. But I think we all have a little bit of a voice inside that, doesn't feel great doing that endlessly, right? Mm -hmm. The thing in parenting too, or in our life in general, I believe that we have a conscious and we have a, a, a an inner guide. It often expresses itself through our emotions. Like we feel satisfied. We feel a sense of meaning. We feel all those spiritual feelings like awe or gratitude mm -hmm. uh, or connection when we are living well, right? When we're living in alliance with our values and our belief systems on a deeper level. And I think when we are parenting well, that's what we'll feel. We'll feel a sense of, you know, we'll, we'll feel humbled. We'll feel a sense of reverence. Um, it really does become, you know, the, the project of your lifetime to yeah. nurture this, this meaningful relationship. It does become the source of meaning in your life in many ways. Um, showing up for this individual 
this vulnerable, needy, um, small, young, growing individual and, and being for them, uh, being for them, I, I would put it like this, first doing no harm, kind of like the, the you know, physician's oath, right? Showing up and, and trying to do no harm, that's in and of itself a big enough uh, goal, um, you know, a goal of great magnitude and, and, and really unattainable for lots of us. Most of us, myself for sure, will do some harm. Um, but, but aiming, striving, you know, having that North Star first doing no harm, I think when we're in that role, kind of like a doctor or like anyone doing work that's meaningful to them, you feel good about yourself. You don't mm -hmm. feel like you're, you're a waste of space or wasting time or, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, all the things that we don't value in ourselves. We don't, we don't feel like, oh, I'm just being lazy or I'm being selfish. We feel, we feel proud of ourselves when we're able to show up for someone in that way. And so I think loving parenting uh, is about parenting in a way that makes you feel proud of how you showed up, or at least doesn't make you feel ashamed of it. Part of the reason why I wanted to gather my favorite women around this topic is because I imagine we would have been hanging out in the village, me and you, and I would have heard that. And that Laura right over here, you know, she just would have heard the two of us talking, one with a baby on the tit, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Mine would have a bottle. But, you know, <laughs> there would be, you know, we'd hear, we'd, we'd hear, we'd, we'd have more access than we do right now, even with the internet as, I mean, information filled as it is. I don't know that we have the access to this sort of mentorship uh, this sort of sisterhood really like you're one of five also I'm the youngest of six. Oh my god oh my god and how many um nieces and nephews do you have I think it's 30 oh my god that's so fun <laughs> my nephew was like the best thing that ever happened to my life like, I mean, my son, oh my gosh, having my son, it felt like the matrix had opened up. Did you feel that way? Like, yeah. I got uh -huh. to the, I got to the hospital and it felt like I was on some sort of spaceship. Also, cause like there were all these like beep, beep, beep in the wire, you know, like it was very spaceshipy. but also, you know, then there were two people in the room and then there were three, like, like a magic trick. And then we entered into a whole new earth. It's absolutely mind blowing. But I, I felt similarly with my with my nephew on like a very like on a smaller level, you know, like all of a sudden there was like a crack in the in reality, <laughs> you know, like oh, there he is and he looks like my brother and but yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is miraculous. It, it, it's a cliche to say nothing prepares you for how you'll feel as a parent, but I think it's a cliche for a good reason, right? It's really mm -hmm. something that almost universally I think people feel this profound, you know, kind of shift of the earth. When you become a parent, I, I felt I, I articulated it as feeling like someone had kind of taken my heart out of my body and put it in this little vulnerable thing right there. And suddenly I was I had never been so deeply connected to another human being. And 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 there he was. It was just and 10 years later. He's just calling you out in your own yes. programming because <laughs> he's got your heart. No, in his pressure. hand. Yeah, no, uh -huh. no pressure. Um, I, I actually it was a, it was an even weirder feeling actually the second time around. I'm like, but I only had the one heart. <laughs> How did it multiply? But totally bizarre in the makeup chair just now. Um, our amazing makeup artist asked me like what my favorite part about being a mother is. And I said, I think it's like kind of post verbal, you know, it's like, it's just like that. It, it must be the oxytocin and the dopamine. And it's like a real feeling state. It feels miraculous. It's a total high. It's a total high where you're like, even when I, I've seen, I've, I've been in your uh, courses while you were pregnant and man, you do pregnancy really good. You do. But for me, I felt like, oh my gosh, there's this like, I'm like growing eyeballs and fingers and a, a soul is being like hovering around me, yeah. in me. And also I'm very nauseous. Yeah. Like on a logistical 
everyday physical manifest level, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, what are some things that you didn't expect going into parenting that you would like to share with our producer, Laura, over here? Who's my muse? Mm. Oh, there she is on the mic. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to know, uh, just, you know, like, uh, coming from a place of, I have, I'm an only child, I have no nieces and nephews, Mm. and I'm not around kids, so my uh, experience is very limited. So when I see kids hysterically crying, or throwing an insane fit, or a crazy tantrum, how can you explain, like, the weight of both of like the oxytocin and the dopamine and the feels and the tantrums and the crying and what looks like to me being perfectly frank what would make me want to leave you in the car at a food store and walk out Mm. so how do you balance both of those feelings thanks laura that's a great question um what comes up for me is kind of a certain <laughs> I have a little bit of a tough love edge to me <laughs> I think this is, what, we, this is why we like her just for the record <laughs> what comes up for me when you ask me and I'll just rephrase the question and tell me if I'm getting this right is when I I don't have kids so if I see someone tugging along a toddler in the in the cereal aisle who's throwing things and screaming that looks like an abusive, toxic relationship. Why would I opt into that? Why would I opt into being treated like that or lugging around this lump of human that isn't polite, has a runny nose, can't read and write, can't can't make money, costs a lot. Um, okay, so they'll give me cute hugs once in a while, but the rest of the time, I have the responsibility of this, you know, this person walking around in society. And why, why would I ever opt into that? I'm tearing into my body, tearing into my bank account, tearing into my sex life. Like, no, thank you. Um, so it's funny. I think I, I see parenting a little bit like this. I see it a little bit like a personal Mount Everest, um, in the sense that you don't have to do it, right? We live in a time, especially where it's a choice and not everyone needs to climb Mount Everest Mm -hmm. as it, as it were. Um, But if you did choose to embark on it, you wouldn't be embarking on the climb of Mount Everest because it was easy or because it was a stroll in the park or because there was no challenge to it. Um, You would be doing it because of the challenge. That's what makes it Everest. The fact that you have to show up for someone who has no prefrontal cortex development, has no understanding of the world, hasn't developed a belief system, um, you know, hasn't learned cause and effect in the most basic way, doesn't have emotional regulation, um, and needs a lot of care, a lot of um, responsibility from you, will demand a lot from you, will demand you to grow some really big muscles, right, to get strong, to be able to pick up a heavy burden of weight and carry it over the course of a long time. Mm. And the thing about that is that even though it's heavy or maybe because it's heavy, it brings with it deep meaning and satisfaction. Mm. So the person who climbs Everest is entitled to uh, a sense of pride um, and satisfaction that the person who, you know, sat and watched them or roll, you know, climbed, climbed up a little hill may not ever experience. They may, you can find that kind of meaning elsewhere. I'm sure I haven't, but I think people do. Certainly. Um, but, uh, but it's hard to find that kind of project. It's, I, I would go so far as to say it's impossible to find that depth of meaning without the weight of the burden that goes along with it. Um, I think that's kind of where it comes from, in a way. The poetry that spills <laughs> out of this woman. It's like the poetry. I was so inspired by you and, of course, by, uh, you mentioned Janet Lansbury and Magda Gerber, who was her um, mentor. And so I 
I started teaching at a place called Union Square Play, but it's not that I teach the children. The children know exactly how to play, which, you know, as uh, Maria Montessori would say, is the work of the child. You know exactly how to play. All I do is press the pause button on the parents. Like, hey guys, I've set out these materials. Watch, yeah. you know, watch. You don't interact. You don't have to correct. You don't have to save them from themselves. <gasps> Poetry. Yeah. You know, like if if we can step back for a second and oh my gosh, watch human life unfold right before your eyes it's really magnificent even even if it's not your own child actually it turns out sometimes even more mm-hmm. I don't have to change the diaper I, I don't have to put, deal with their nap but it really is a poetic experience I'm reminded of that because it, you know you you've been in this experience for 10 years and the poetry really flows out of you when you're when we're talking about it you know yeah, and when we're talking about it, but not necessarily if you were, were witnessing me actually parenting. Because Thank you. Said, yeah, like I just want to make keep it real because I think there's 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 you know we have to stay inspired. You have to if you're climbing Mount Everest, you know you need that guidance, you need that motivation. You can't always be in pain and complaining and and frustrate or you won't be able to keep going so i absolutely believe in staying inspired um but there there is very real frustration and difficulty along the way and and just you saying like oh sometimes it's even easier to watch other people's kids absolutely like i find it so much easier to be patient with my nieces and nephews because i can just be the fun aunt you know i don't have to then be responsible for their discipline and their you know how they show up and being respectful and doing their homework and blah 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 blah. so it's it's very liberating to be in that position and i think it's important to know that i you know we we may we may talk lofty um but ultimately if you see me with my kids you're going to see just really uninspiring interactions as well really like just 90 percent of the time this yuck yeah, maybe. Uh, I hope not. No, 90%. no, I don't know about 90%. Okay. No, but a lot, a lot. Every day, let's put it that way. Definitely every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you reminded me uh, recently, I took your course, Alchemize. Uh, uh, yes. Alchemize, correct. Yeah. Recently, I took your course, Alchemize, and you reminded me of the good enough mother. Mm-hmm. It was the first, you know, call we were on was the good about the good enough mother. It's like, we can't be perfect. In fact, perfect is not what we're going for. And sure, if if you're watching me parent, you'll be like, ugh, like <laughs> she was some sort of mommy blogger on Instagram yesterday. And like, she's yelling at her kids now for like, what? Nothing. If we're setting the bar so high that we can't function, you know, it's not, it's not helping anyone. Which leads me to like, you're, you also talk a lot about this pandemic of isolation in parenthood and the idea that another person would judge you because they're not in your life enough to know the, you know, the full experience that we're not hanging out, me, you and Laura and breastfeeding and bottle feeding and, you know, giving us a hand, like, because we're so lonely, we're also quite judgmental of each other. You have been talking about this pandemic of isolation oh i think it's an absolutely terrible thing that's happened to humanity i really do i think it's uh it's it's made parenting an unnatural phenomenon it's not the way we were you know evolved for uh, it's mm-hmm. not what we designed for and i think it's brought out the worst in us both towards our children and towards each other mm-hmm. yeah i think um i know from my own personal experience i am a much better parent uh, when i'm hanging out in my group you know with other friends uh with other kids around and there's inhibiting forces there are balancing forces um there is wisdom that is pulled there is labor that is shared um and that those valves have to be opened in order for the system to ventilate uh just one mom or 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 a mom and a dad or whatever it is alone in in the house with the kids it's it's it, it, it really is a, a disaster and it's it, the pressure builds and it must go somewhere and it t- typically tends to go on exploding at the kids or on binge eating 
or on, you know, shopping till you're numb or whatever, pick your poison, right? You, you, you have to escape that, that pressure cooker and, and it, the lid blows eventually. But when you're with others, it doesn't, right? Mm. Because there's always these natural lulls and breaks and, and humor and um, empathy and all these medicines that we need um, and we're not getting them. And so it's no wonder we're all, you know, d- depressed at home with our kids. Mm-hmm. And that was way before any lockdown, okay? That was... Um, I'm curious also for you, Avital, because you just moved country again. How do you, you know, navigate creating community and friendship these days? Uh, I mean, rather proactively, I'd say, first of all. Um, and, And I think one of the things you have to do, and this is part of that Everest climbing, um, because parenting is nothing if not growing up, right? You have to be a a real grown up, which is, it's hard to adult, right? It's hard to grow up. Um, But I think one of the parts of growing up is to show up to the world the way that you want the world to show up for you. Mm. And um, so one of the things that I find is necessary for me to do is if I'm lonely and I want connection and I want people to open their homes to me and to accept me with my five children and to help me. And to- They're really cute for the record. <laughs> really cute. Depends on the time of day. Um, anyway, yeah, if I want all of that from people, then I'm going, I'm going to need to cough up, right? I'm going to need to provide that for others. Yeah. So I yeah. need to start opening my home and making the invitations and writing the messages and being there for people and um, being, uh, talking back to that perfectionistic point, I think a lot of us are very preoccupied. Oh, how does my home look? And is the meal okay? And what, what if, you know, what if my kid has a tantrum? What if, what if there's, they poop on the floor just as the guests come in? And all of those fears uh, stop us from, from ultimately the human connection that we really are seeking. And I think that if it's kind of like, you've got to give what you want to get. So if you want people to offer to help with carpool or to, you know, then it's, it, then we've got to proactively uh, you know reach out to people and make that a possibility I often have to say very explicitly like you can knock on our door even if we don't have a play date planned well Mm. in advance you know Mm -hmm. or please see me as someone who you can lean on (sighs) in a time of stress like listen I make dinner every night anyway it really doesn't make a difference if you drop by with your three kids as well like just come I can always throw another pot of pasta in you know so I think you have to explicitly say like I'm I'm lonely I would love to hang out and I don't care if it's just meeting in the playground or you coming over or like yes there will be tantrums and yes it will be messy but let's go for it because everyone stands to benefit and I think the truth is that everyone's starving for that but many of us have so much social hang-ups and awkwardness and fears and uh, anxieties really um, that ultimately will settle for isolation and for loneliness and and for this kind of shame of just locking ourselves away and not you know I'm, I'm not fit for for friendship because I have a little kid rather than the craziness I just wanted to say one story. I learned this from my very close friend, Moran, who I, years ago, we we became friends and I came to, she invited me over for a homeschool meetup, whatever. I came over and I think my two-year-old peed on her rug. Uh, Like my two-year-old actually peed on her rug. Like, and this is the first time I'm meeting this woman. She had a gorgeous house. Ness has peed on so many, so many rugs. Ness has peed (laughs) on my friend Chrissy's couch, I think three times. And then Paz, the little one, came over to the new house and then peed on on the kitchen floor. I mean, really, these kids. It's not like an old friend, you know, it's like brand new. First time I'm there and I'm mortified. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And she just she just brushed. She was just so amazing. She was just like, they're kids. Mm. You know, she's like, it's a kid. What are you even apologizing for? Like, hey, grab a rag, clean it up. No biggie. Like, and. I love that she let me clean it up as well. She wasn't like, oh, I'll do it, right? She was just like, we're all in the muck together. Come on, like, let's. And it created this sense of ease in me that she wasn't making a huge deal out of this, that it was, she she understood what kids are like. And, you know, and, and, and the other thing is that when you ask for people for help, when you ask for help, people generally, I think, for the most part, depending on how you ask and how often, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I think people feel really honored. Um, I think people feel really kind of chosen and special and like, wow, you opened up to me that 
you need you needed help or that you were lonely and I think that's missing in our culture like telling people like we've just you know I, I, whenever I've moved country I've done it twice now with my kids and once as a child and I'll say to people you know we've just moved my kids don't speak the language we're looking mm. for friends you know can we hang out sometime will you come over lucky you know, them proactively is my main answer is like I don't think you can take no for an answer and I don't think you should I think it's a matter of supreme mental health I, I think it's it's as important if not more important than working out eating healthy your sleep all of that stuff right it has a absolutely undoubted proven effect on the quality and length of your life you know your your connections to a sense of a tribe and and that is not something to not something to put off till later not something to take lightly you know not something to ignore uh if you're feeling a little bit depressed or a little bit down or a little bit in 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 you know in the blue there the um the medicinal immediate effect of social connection and belonging is more powerful than anything else and i think it's just so overlooked so overlooked yeah underrated i was telling um the girls in the green room about how in those lonelier days in the beginning with ness my my son i would have you playing in the background i i don't think i ever even told you this i mean you know, like your YouTube sort of <laughs> just be in the background and then your podcast later on. And it was a feeling of like, oh, here's this like-minded mother. She's here. You know, I think there is su such, it's great, you know, that the internet exists, that this podcast exists. I think it's really, it's, it's a stepping stone. There's nothing like in-person, real life connection, but there certainly are like-minded people out there. And I see that in your, in present play, in your membership, where there are these men and women, parents from all over the world. How many countries are represented? More than 73. <laughs> How cool is that? How cool? It's, it's mind blowing, actually. It's unbelievable. I agree with you hundred percent. It's amazing. And yeah, we don't agree on everything at all at all but on consciously creating a life for yourself and your children consciously creating family bliss as you call it I mean that's really exciting and and it is available if not in person it certainly is available over the interwebs yeah, no, and so and and that can relieve some pressure when it comes to like um, real life interactions. Like, you know, if I have friends that are yelling at their kids or maybe they're like a little grabby and it, do I like it? Do, is it comfortable for me? Not all the time, but if they're not my only source of parenting connection, then I can give them some grace. I have no idea how they were parented or what they're going through in their job or you know whatever else you know I could give them grace I could give myself grace and enjoy them as we create family bliss we have the opportunity or family peace rather as we create family peace and good feelings like we have the opportunity to create that in our world I'd love to hear more about that you know I think so many so many people of all ages, but uh, certainly more more conscious women. Are like the world is melting. <laughs> There's strife here and there, and it's true on some level. And we can feel powerless. And I I love this idea, and it it speaks to our own power that we can create peace within our family, um, and that can reverberate out. I'd love to hear more about that from you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, yes, I think there is a sense of catastrophe or a sense of impending doom, a lot of fear around lots of different things that are going on in the world. And that's definitely amplified by the way media works these days and the, and yeah. the way social media works these days, for sure. Um, 
and we do end up feeling helpless. Like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to fix it? How can I help, you know? And sometimes there are things we can do and sometimes there aren't. Um, but if we look at it from a different angle, the, the kind of the bad players, the bad actors in the world, um, I think we could imagine that had they come from a healthy place, um, it's fair to assume that they would not be taking such a destructive path, right? It's fair to assume they would be equipped with emotional skills and with values and with a belief system that would propel them to do no harm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right? Or, or at least to try as, mm -hmm. we, as we are, at least trying. Um, and so in, in many regards, I think, if we had X-ray vision of what's going on in the world, when you see people behaving badly, um, and this isn't to excuse their behavior, but just to understand it. Um, when you see people behaving badly, I think that it's often rooted in personal trauma, a very personal trauma. Like my daddy said this, or my daddy did that, or my mom, you know, did this, or my dad wasn't there, or whatever it was that was in their childhood that was traumatic, um, is often going to leave such lasting scars that they they can't, or they don't, or they won't, or whatever it is, operate well in the world, and. I think when you're raising a child, um, the number one way that you can influence the world, the number one thing that you can possibly do is to try to do no harm and to try mm -hmm. to equip this child and orient them in a way to do good in the world, to show mm -hmm. up well. Um, you know, to be on balance, more of a positive than a, than a drag, right, than a negative to the to the universe on every level and i think rather than feeling helpless in the face of the big things we have to realize that the big things are built up of little things right like big bad things that happen in the world uh you know i'm talking about human things not necessarily natural disasters but big bad things that happen in the world are often built up of lots of individuals who didn't do the right thing or didn't say no to the wrong thing mm -hmm. and um if we could maybe be so bold be so have such hubris be so arrogant as to try and raise an individual who would say no to the wrong thing yeah. right and who would say yes to the right thing and who at least would live you know with their head on straight with a with a with a backbone um my son's school had a beautiful phrase they used to use which was a uh, tough-minded and warm-hearted <laughs> i love that oh <laughs> Or a strong backbone and a soft heart, that type of thing. You know, someone who has a firm, strong backbone, but is warm and 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 kind. Um, if we could, if we could be so bold or be so be so um, ambitious as to try and and raise someone with those skills and without, you know, kind of shielded somewhat from from terrible trauma, you know, sure. shielded from 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 the really bad stuff, yeah. um, then, then listen, that's, that's very far from nothing. That's a big thing. That's a huge contribution, right? Um, that's a huge contribution to the world. And I think that we underplay it. And I also think to, to be even tougher on this subject is I think it's easy to hide uh, behind lofty goals and ignore the very crucial, very real work that's right in front of us. So I think often when we're mesmerized, like drawn like a moth to a flame by the big things, the shouty headlines and the, you know, the big problems, it's an easy escape to the very difficult, mundane, day-to-day -day grind of, you know what, go home, get your house in order, get your child, mm -hmm. you know, give your child boundaries, uh, stay calm when you want to yell. Those things are really, really hard to show up and do. They're not glamorous. You can't post them on social media. There's no hashtag for them. There's no mm -hmm. mantra. There's no rally for it. And it, mm -hmm. and so there's no glory in it and there's no recognition. And you may never get recognized because just, just doing that emotional labor day to day, hopefully, hopefully will produce a somewhat stable human being at the end, right? No one's going to give you a trophy for that. Like there's no, <laughs> I wish they would. 
Right. If your child ends up in jail, that will make front lines. Then they'll look at your parenting. But like raising a child who avoids ending up in jail. Now, that's really hard to do. And, and you're, you're working on that day in, day out. And I think sometimes we're like, well, you know, never mind that my whole entire house is upside down or that I can't have a normal conversation with my husband about school because we, you know, resort to the most, you know, vile language or never mind that I'm actually quite violent with my children because I can't control myself because I, right, never mind all that stuff I have to work on. What's really important is this big thing over here. And that's a little bit of escapism from the harder work, the less glorified work. And it's also, I think, misguided in the sense that, no, the much more effective, real, long-lasting, intergenerational work that you can do is you know is back at home um so it's not a sexy answer but that's that's where I stand on that (laughs) oh my god I find it extremely sexy (laughs) very turned on um I also think even a step for step backward would be like creating inner peace right like I mean there's just no way for me to recycle if I'm tortured (laughs) you know like if I'm like so busy in anxiety like really on a very practical level there's just no way for me to be kind if I'm uncomfortable that's that's a fantastic point is just if you look at efficacy and if you look at the idea of charity beginning at home or of foundational building blocks right how you build a house it's like I think going out and trying to change big things is a bit like the roof right but you've got to get the foundation in place and on a practical level if you have chaos and mayhem and toxicity at home you're not equipped you're just not equipped like you're not going out with a full deck of cards to play you can't really show up I know that if I've had a fight with my husband I don't show up well in the world Mm. I'm much edgier right I'm not a good person to contribute to a project or to be interviewed on a podcast or whatever because I'm I'm hurting and I'm seething and I'm ruminating the fight that we had and thinking about my retortions and I'm just I'm over there right I'm over there in my own mess if I could go back and clean that up maybe now I can come and show up to this next thing so uh, if you zoom that out on a on a bigger scale it's like look if your house is really running well and it's healthy and everything's okay and you've got everything under control and you feel like you're doing your job as a parent as a partner whatever as an individual great then maybe you're equipped you can go out you can you know and I think that's why also it takes time in terms of age for people to really make their mark on the world right because it takes Mm -hmm. us years to kind of establish those foundational layers before we're mature enough cooked enough have enough experience to be wise in applying our energy to the next project right like that takes a lot of wisdom it's not just about shouting something into the ether it's about being strategic and thinking well I have this many years and this much money and this much energy and this much health and how am I going to spend it on something that will actually help people that will actually move the needle that will actually change the world in any kind of small dent way um you know right? As college students, we kind of are back there with just like rah, rah, rah. But as you, as you mature and as you have children, you realize that it's, 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 it's a lot more of a meticulous, uh, detailed, um, layered process. I'm so grateful for the impact you make on my own world. Just like a personal me. Thank you. And, you know, my friends now in present play, you know. Whenever I need an ego boost, Danielle, I'll know where to come. <laughs> great, 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 great. I'll send you a Zoom link. It'd be great. Can't wait. Amazing. I love it. I, I wish I could come over and just have a, a bit of gluten-free pasta, but maybe next time. Next time. Oh, For real. Please come over. Someone may have just peed on the floor, but hey. Oh my God, so exciting. I have like some doggy like spray now. Just in case, just just like on hand. (laughs) I'm not sure Um, this is helping the mom curious folk, right? We got to be honest. The other thing about the mom curious folk, they need to know, know, right? Like, I mean, like people don't ask us because they don't want to be convinced that like our life decision, you know, is like, I find that like my my non-mom friends or non-mom yet friends, probably wouldn't want to ask me about the nitty-gritty yeah they 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 might want to know the information but they don't ask because 
I'd just be validating my own experience. Mm. Yeah. It's not for everyone. For everyone. It's not. I think they often don't ask because we also don't know where the line is. Oh. You know, like what is appropriate? What is inappropriate? What is going to be triggering? So we kind of just hang back. So this is a beautiful place for everyone to be able to hang back and listen to amazing women and mothers and parents talk about their experience in like a free and open way. So on behalf of all the non-moms, we're very grateful for both of you. Thank you. Thank you. We've covered poop on the floor, world peace. (laughs) um, But is there anything we have missed? What's up next for you, Avital? I'm sure there are whole libraries we missed. No, but I think that's fantastic. And just uh, just for the record, I, I am untriggerable. So I would love for you to ask me even anything, uh, 100%. Um, but I, but I'll say I'll say something for the for the mom curious crowd is and and about about poop on the floor and about all that. <laughs> like I think that's important. I agree with you. You should be should be honest about it. Um, I, I recently heard this interesting um, chapter from a book called The Comfort Crisis, which was excellent, and I recommend it. Um, so, so he talks about he talks about our approach to death in like Western society or weird societies, and um, and he says how we're very very kind of separated from death today. Like it used to be that you would see people dying, and when people died, you would be around them, and you would mm-hmm. be treating the body, and you would be taking care of it, and with the development of the industrial era, etc., we became less and less. Um, close to that human reality and you know we're all gonna die and everyone we know is gonna die but even just saying that on a podcast feels like oh my gosh you're not supposed to say that you're not supposed to own it or or face it or be honest about death it's this taboo subject it's become taboo I mean it really has to the extent that like if someone did have someone who died close to them then it's you know we don't know what to say and we don't know how to handle it and should we bring it up and we don't want to cause them pain etc and I think that maybe a similar kind of dynamic happens around having children where we've sterilized it and separated it, right? Especially in America, you really notice that there's a big separation between the have children's and the have not children, right? Even like restaurants that don't allow children in or kids menus or all these separate areas where other cultures, I, I think there's a lot more of a mix, especially, I mean, I live in Israel now, there's a lot more of an expectation that children are simply part of the culture. Like if you're invited to a wedding in Israel, you would just show up with your kids even without asking, right? Mm-hmm. It's just part of life. There is no such thing as a restaurant where you cannot bring children, mm-hmm. um, for better or for worse. But I guess my point with all of this is that I think it's become a little bit of a, a, a sterilized bubble that's hard mm-hmm. to penetrate and access and understand from the outside. Um, And I don't think that's good for us. I don't think that's good for us. I don't think that's helping people who are curious about parenting. I don't think it's good for parents. Um, I think it's created a a taboo uh, where we're not supposed to be, like you say, we need to be honest about these different experiences. You know, so many things, even about giving birth that you don't know until you're on the precipice, right? Like what, what happens? Are you kidding? the biggest thing on my way in, they're like, wait, so like, it feels like you have to poop. Like you're pushing a six to 10 pound person out of yourself. Yeah, it feels like you have to poop. I mean, what else are we doing here? But really it's like such an uncomfortable, like, I mean, really like you should see Laura's, Laura's shoulders are like inside her ear holes. Like it's so uncomfortable because we haven't, um, it makes sense, but we haven't let them in. Yeah, it, it hasn't helped anyone. So I'm hoping that this podcast does help some. Yes, I think that's amazing. I think it's so important. And I, I do think that we get a very kind of an image in the media of like, you know, you see the screaming woman and, and, and like she goes from being all like sexy and preppy and cute to like bags under her eyes and, you know, Cheerios in her hair and toddlers hanging off her legs. And um, oh my gosh, that's not all there is to parenting at all. I mean, I personally, you know, think that it's a really, really rich human experience. And 
just like the idea that death needs to be integrated into life, we need to know uh, what that is, right? We're all going towards death. We should be preparing for it. We mm. should be talking about it. We should be living as if we're going to die because we are. <laughs> um, I would say similarly with parenting, it's like, yes, it's an intense all-in experience, but it's a very human experience. It's a real reality of how all humans you know come into the world you know everyone has a parent or a caregiver and this bonded close relationship um that has messy sides and has magnificent sides and has you know a, a lot of complexity but it's a very very human experience and i think um you know i, I guess what i guess the bottom line of the comparison that i made to death was about saying that I don't think we should separate it or, or look at it with fear um, or try to uh, clean it up too much, but rather mm -hmm. we should face the reality of it and embrace it as, as that, as that complex experience, complex. It's not one thing. Exactly. It's not good and it's not bad. It is. Mm -hmm. It just yes. is. It yeah. just is very complex. It comes with a lot of, every day, every minute, every child, right? It, it's very evolving, very, very changing, and it changes you. Uh, so, even on the fifth time around, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You don't go through a process like pregnancy and birth, for example, without a, a rebirth yourself, right? That's mm. it's profound. And I think when people have near-death experiences or they take on even like massive projects, like running an ultra marathon or something that changes you, right? Pushing mm -hmm. yourself to the edge of any discipline changes you and, and bringing a child into the world or going through adoption or surrogacy that changes you. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a very extreme uh, demand on your, on your entire being. So yeah, that's going to change you. It's like Mount Everest. Yeah. Mount Everest. Mount you are um, a magical human being. Man, I'm just like so thrilled to have had this hour to talk to you. And also I get to like log on to your seminars and courses and watch your videos all the time. And it's just like, thank you for being you in the world. Daniela, thank you for being you and all the magic you bring. And thank you so much for having me. It's just such a wonderful opportunity to catch up a little. Thank you. So where can our listeners find you? You can find me at theparentingjunkie.com. Beautiful. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. I've been your host, Daniela Rabani. Special thanks to executive producer Laura Lucchetti. For more episodes, make sure to follow Mom Curious, available on all podcast platforms. Thanks.